They lob inside for Day. Paul poked away by Taylor Steele. Coming away with it is Abby Wall and the Panthers a chance to cut in the lead. And the tie is up and good by Taylor Steele. Welcome to episode 14 of EIU Panthers podcast as we continue our series of interviews with Eastern Illinois 2020 Athletic Hall of Fame inductees. I'm your host, Rich Moser. On today's episode, we talk to one of the top distance runners to ever compete for Eastern Illinois women's cross country and track programs, Olivia Klaus. Klaus was the first EIU runner to earn all OVC honors four times in cross country. We discuss her success as an athlete, how she got to EIU, and her current career as a successful cross country coach herself. First, we would like to thank this week's EIU Panthers Corporate Partners of the Week, Mattoon Country Club and Adams Funeral Chapel. The Mattoon Country Club is a proud sponsor of Eastern Illinois Athletics and serves as the home for EIU Panther Golf. Adams Funeral Chapel is there to provide the very best to you, your family, and your loved one. More information is available at adamsfuneralchapel.com. In athletics news, this season, for basketball and volleyball, no fans will be allowed to attend games in Lance Arena. Instead, EIU is offering fans the chance to purchase a cutout for those home events. More information on this program is available online at eiupanthers.com, where you can get the latest news and up-to-date schedules on all of the EIU athletic teams. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. If you like this podcast and want to hear previous and future episodes, be sure to like and subscribe to EIU Panthers podcast. Currently available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio podcasts. Now this week's conversation with 2020 EIU Athletics Hall of Fame inductee, Olivia Klaus. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We continue our Hall of Fame series with the class of 2020 inductees. We're joined today by Olivia Klaus, a former cross country and track runner here. Now, Olivia Klaus Morris, and we'll we'll give you the, the scoop on the Morris last name here. It'll be somebody you guys are also familiar with that um, have been around EIU track and cross country before. So thank you for joining us today, Olivia. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I'll, I'll jump right into to the last name part there. For those that, that do not know, um, Olivia's husband is Graham Morris, who also ran cross country and track, started at Eastern, and then based on the program he was in, I, I think in the engineering program, if I'm not mistaken, finished yep. his career at Illinois. So we sometimes count him as things, and I'm sure sometimes don't count him be, because his degree is not actually from Eastern. Yes. So I guess what, what I'll ask that question, I think a lot of times I've seen people, I know a few athletes that, you know, on those two teams, cross country and track, the men and the women, they, they've gotten married, they've had relationships. Did you and Graham, did that start here? Or is that something that you guys were kind of friends here and the, the relationship kind of took off after you were done at Eastern Illinois? Actually, we were friends first. I mean, we were friends for three years. We didn't actually start dating until he was at U of I. Okay. So um, it was a, a teammate friendship for the first three, three and a half years. And then once he went to U of I um, is when we actually first started dating. Okay. And then Graham also steeplechaser. One of the things we'll talk to you about today, Olivia, in addition to being a cross country runner, also a steeplechaser. You guys have a have a son about a year old. Is he a, a future steeplechaser or is he are you guys gonna steer him towards other sports? 
we are gonna kind of let him explore and choose what he enjoys. Right now, he looks more like the center of a football team. Okay. <laughs> he is pretty built. He's pretty solid. So everybody jokes with us, and um, I think they expected some skinny little runner-looking kind of kid, and he is definitely um, pushing the numbers on the scales. <laughs> Well, one of the reasons that, that you were inducted in the Hall of Fame is, is your success in, in track and cross country. And you'll be the, the fourth of our Hall of Fame class inductees that I've had on here. And I've asked this question to the other three as well. And I'm, so I'm going to go ahead and continue it with the other two. You, you get the call from Tom Michael, our athletic director, that you're going to be an inductee in the, the 2020 Hall of Fame class. Take us through your thoughts on receiving that call, kind of your, your reaction to that is it really a, a culminating achievement to what she did as an athlete? Uh, it was definitely for me um, uh, an honor and shock, um, kind of all of those mixed emotions um, together. It really, it just took me back to the four years that I was at Eastern and, and um, just kind of thinking of all the competitions and the races and um, kind of the impact that I had on it while I was there, um, because I would say, I don't know, just thinking of my career, I never, um, I ran at the regional level in um, cross country, but for track, I never able was, was able to push it to that regional competition, national competition. And so um, for me, uh, it was always, I don't know, as an athlete, you always are looking at the people ahead of you. And um, I don't know, I never, I, I, I never really thought I, hit that elite level and so for me it was kind of in shock and uh, I don't know Graham was talking to me he's like Grant he would just Olivia you were you got medals after medals you were one of the only athletes that could triple and double and run three or four races in one meet and um, I don't know so it really just kind of took me back and um, really just shock and just the honor of um, being inducted into it um, I was very excited. Okay. And then the follow-up question I've had for all of them, and this with, with what you do for, for a living, this this actually may have been a blessing for you is the fact that then you get the uh, the doomsday call from me and the fact that, hey, you know, we can't have the ceremony this year based on COVID. I, I say a, a blessing for you in the fact that, that you, you coach cross country, a, a relatively successful high school cross country coach here in the state of Illinois and the state championship meet, which I'm sure that you have athletes that had a good chance to qualify would have been on the day you would have been inducted this year. So maybe a kind of a blessing for you in the fact that we may have to move the ceremony. It was definitely a blessing. It was definitely a bittersweet when I coach Aaron and I were talking about the date that it was on. I was like, Oh, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely bittersweet. I am um, sad that it has to be pushed back. Uh, but um, I am glad that I don't have to be torn between the two events. Yep. I can only imagine that. And uh, so I touched on that there. We're, we're going to talk about your Eastern Illinois career and the success there. One of the reasons you're, you're a Hall of Famer, but what you do now, and I, I just touched on it a second ago, is you do coach cross country at Eureka High School, which is where you're originally from, and also teach there. What, I guess, got you excited about coaching and wanting to coach? Is that, that something that you always wanted to do or just kind of fell into that by dumb luck maybe? It is definitely something that I've always wanted to do. Um, I always had a positive experience with the coaches that um, have coached me over the last 
12 years. And so I think the coaches that had coached me all the way back to middle school kind of shaped who I was and how I worked. Um, I was a kid that I was from a big family. And so I didn't get a lot of individualized attention. And so I think that I really um, got that from coaches and the amount of work that I would put into the sport. I noticed that um, the, the output I, I just saw great gains and that was from the coaches, from the coaching staff. And um, it really developed me as a person um, all the way up until in high school, it was the same thing. I kind of, we hit more, where were we gonna go in life after high school and what were we gonna do? Um, I had coaches helping me answer those questions. Um, and then when it moved to college, it was again, what's gonna happen after college and what's gonna happen in college? Um, I had coaches that weren't really um, driven on, it was driven on um, the success as an athlete, but it was also equally driven as the success of a person because you're never going to comp compete athletically as good as um, you can be if you're not happy and if you're not going in the right direction. And I think that um, a lot of kids don't have that. I didn't, I didn't realize that a lot of kids don't have coaches like that sometimes. And um, and I can see it, especially in middle school and high school. Um, so I, I think for me, it's, I wanna be that person. Um, I know every sport in every high school, um, high school coaching is different than college coaching. It's not your career. And so um, it's always a blessing for those kids in the schools to have coaches like that and to have coaches that um, the mindset is not only just on the performances, but it's also developing this person as a human and what are they gonna do after high school? And so. I don't know, I had good experiences with that. And so that's kind of been my goal um, going into coaching again is um, what I, I wanna talk to these athletes 10 years from now, 15 years from now. I don't wanna just kind of keep graduating kids and just keep getting new kids in. Um, it's it the relationships for me. And so, um, yeah, I kind of always, since I would say middle school, high school, um, always got excited about one day I wanna do this. Okay. And then when you come back here, you, you're, you're coaching at Eureka High School. I don't think Eureka very runs cross-country meets here in Charleston. That distance is probably a little bit too far from that. But I know you have been able to make it back to Charleston. I, I'm not sure if you're the, also the head track coach and the cross-country coach or an assistant coach that coaches the distance athletes for Eureka High School. I know every school is set up a little bit differently, but I know you have been back here. What has it been like when you brought your athletes back here to compete where you went to college at for a chance to get a state medal? Um, it's pretty surreal. I did coach. I was the head coach for track for two years um, in 17 and 18. Um, but then when we wanted to start a family, we kind of had to limit. Um, I wanted to limit how much I was coaching. But for those two years that I was able to, and even now, the head coach that's there, I volunteer um, regularly. And so I come down there when they have their Charleston invite indoor meet and then um, they have the state meet. It's surreal. It's um, getting to experience it through their eyes. I think um, it's a different experience, uh, but it is um, an awesome experience. I love hearing the questions that the girls come up with. Um, I, I, it just boggles my mind, the things that they're interested in um, and what's on their mind. And they want to know what was it like when I was here and what was different. And it's pretty cool. Now, the next day, the interesting part going forward from here on is you, you'll have be displayed in the Hall of Fame. I have seen other other high school coaches come back here with their teams. You'll be in the same situation. Eastern has a tradition of producing 
athletes that were cross country runners here and track athletes that have become very successful across the state and they come back here and I always kind of watch from the distance and smile a little bit when I see the kids go up there and they want to hit the button to see what was coach like when they were an athlete here. I mean, I guess the first time that happens for you when you come back, what do you think your thoughts are going to be on that and and maybe the expressions your athletes will have? Um, I think, I don't know. I always like it when um, I can get into a conversation with them about, about keeping to do the, doing this sport um, after your senior year and just keep going with it. So I think that's, that'll be my biggest thing is um, having them kind of see uh, this, you don't have to be um, going out of high school, um, a star athlete, you don't have to be this single kind of person um, to see success after. I, I feel like um, I had success, but it wasn't the big time. I was a champion all the time. It was more, um, it was just consistently, I was consistently doing it year after year. And I feel like um, just kind of showing them that and just showing them, just looking at the other athletes also. I mean, seeing Shonda Golden, a girl from um, UHI, that she's in this, people that we know, schools that we know, um, you can do this too. And um, just got to work hard at it. So I feel like just sparking that conversation. That's what I always love um, with them is sparking conversation about um, what it takes to um, go from just being a, an athlete that just shows up and goes home to an athlete that sets goals and, Hey, I want to do this and I want to do this. And so I, that's, I think that'll be the kind of a neat moment. Now, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure exactly what subject you teach and do you teach at the high school? I guess is my first question there. I do. I teach at the high school. I teach math, high school math. Okay. So my next question, follow up with that is, what is your interaction with your athletes as opposed to where you're the coach and where you're their teacher? And do sometimes they not always see the line and, and the difference between the two positions you're in? I, I do get a lot of coach, man, sometimes you just look like a student here <laughs> all the time, just because I, I do like to run with, I run with the kids every day, and I warm up with them, and um, I don't know, I, a lot of, I teach freshmen, and so by the time I really made relationships with them, um, strong ones, I'm not their teacher anymore, so okay. I think that really helps, um, but I, um, I, I think the, fr the first year is um, and, it, and them being freshmen the first year, and that's when I have them, it's, it makes that less hard for me, I guess, just because we're still forming the relationship. There's not really this um, friendship that's come into it. But by the time my kids get, and that's usually my goal is, my goal is when you're a senior, and if you're a junior or senior, you've been here three or four years, I want to be on that, that relationship with you where I want to know what you're doing next year and when you're going to come back to visit and um what kind of shows you watch at night and just different things like that to where I, I can be. So I do feel like I have an easier position to do that with me teaching freshmen, mainly freshman level kids. Now for you, you were a standout athlete in high school as well. You were, go look this up. I didn't know this. It, it was interesting for people that know Illinois, I think in, in high school athletics, I don't think they realized how long ago or maybe how short ago that they went to the split to the three class system. And I, I was here as an administrator when it was two class and I remember three class. When cross country did that, I, I found this, you were the first class 1A cross country state champion. And 
I guess what what is that honor? You're you're going to be the the note on a trivia question down down the road in, in IHSA lore. Uh, it is it's pretty neat. Um, I don't I don't know. Uh, I I feel like it was the because uh, there I had I have an athlete that she loves the stats. She loves knowing stats of everything. She's like, Coach Coach Marsh, you had the record. I'm like, okay, I did have the record, but <laughs> whoever won had the record. So like, yeah. I didn't really beat anything to get it so yeah. i don't know if it counts somebody had to do it kind of thing so i it yeah it's kind of neat but i don't know i i the thing that i really like now is a, a lot of a lot of my athletes have beaten my times now and they're they are surpassing me so i, I don't know i always joke with them about that hey you've beaten my time so you technically have beaten a class a record yep. so now from there, and this is a, another side note here, is that you didn't start at Eastern Illinois. I don't know if a lot of people know that. You actually started at Miami, Ohio. Did not run cross country there your first year. I'm not sure if you just redshirted on purpose as part of their program or if there may have been an injury. You did run track and then transferred to Eastern. I guess, did, did you look at Eastern out of high school or did Eastern look at you out of high school and you made the decision to go to Miami, Ohio because you wanted something different and then transferred back to be closer to home and I guess take us through some of those thoughts and and how that process worked for you. Yeah so I went to Miami of Ohio my freshman year. I did get injured. I got injured the first day of official practice um, and so I feel like that right there um, kind of snowballed into the not really the reason my transfer but because I was injured and I wasn't with the team all the time and I think it kind of ruined my um, first year experience but uh, when I was looking at schools, I was the first one in my family to go away to school. Um, and so I don't know, my, me and my parents didn't really know, like what, how many schools to look at and yeah. what I potentially could go to. And so Eastern never did um, look at me, but I also was terrible and I didn't look, I was very focused on my senior year. I was focused on grades. I was focused on, um, athletics. I was a three sport athlete in high school. So that kind of, I don't know, I was just ready to go to keep, keep in the moment in high school. So I didn't really look at that many schools. ISU reached out. Um, they were really nearby school. And then there's a couple um, of the questionnaires that I, I did send out to schools. And then Miami of Ohio was the one that was very persistent in reaching back out to me. So me and my dad decided to go out there and visit the school. And it was a beautiful school. Um, it was in a very small town like Eureka. And so I think when we went out there, we both felt comfortable. It was a beautiful school. Um, it had great academics Had great. The program I wanted to go into was education. It did have a good education program. Um, and so I think it was kind of like an eye opening to me. Like this is an amazing experience. I just, I, it, it's going 30 minutes away to ISU or go for this opportunity that um, I could do out in Miami. And so I went with that and my dad loved the school as well. Um, then I got injured and there was a coaching change um, the August before I came in. Um, Richard Cerrone was the original coach. He transferred um, to Arizona or no, New Mexico, New Mexico. And then, so there's a new coach. I wasn't recruited by her. She was um, nice, but I don't think that I clicked as much with her as I did with Ms. Coach Cerrone. And so I think everything just kind of fell into place. Um, I found out for the education program that I couldn't teach in Illinois unless I, I took a test. And so I was like, well, that doesn't seem, I do want to go back to Illinois to teach. So it all kind of lined up to um, 
in my where I was in life to just transfer back. So I actually, I just reached out to Eastern and said, hey, I'm looking to transfer and I want to be, I kind of set my standards. I wanted to be within two hours from home. And uh, I think your school is a good fit for me. It has a great education program. And so I kind of, um, uh, it was Coach Masson at the time, was excited. Um, I, it all worked out. And then um, the neat thing was a year after the first year, Coach Aaron got the job and Coach Aaron knew Coach Cerrone from Miami of Ohio. Yeah. So it all kind of, I don't know. It's crazy how things are meant to be, they're meant to be, and it'll work its way out. Now, so. you came here as, as a cross-country athlete and fortunate for, for Eastern that, that you didn't run that first year at Miami of Ohio. You come in and you actually, all four years that, that, that you ran cross-country Eastern, you finished as an all-OVC performer, three times first team. The only, the first athlete to finish all conference all four years. That's one of the, when you're asking about some of the reasons you, you got inducted, Olivia, that would be right there. You were, you were a first for there. And I think you mentioned your husband kind of hammered home those, those, those same points to you. The next, your first year, second team, the next three years, you finish uh, first team there and you finish second, you run her up in the, in the meet in 2012 as a senior. But as a team, you guys won the meet in 2011. I guess, which of those two, and I'll make you pick here, which of those two is a maybe a more of a highlight for you, that the individual finish or the, the team championship? I would say the team championship 100%. That was a really fun day that um, everybody ran incredible. The stats for that day, uh, that by hands down, the team championship was probably the highlight of my time at Eastern. It was pretty, pretty, and really for, for me, that was, yeah, definitely the team championship. <laughs> now, the interesting part, I think, across country is, I think when you, when people see track and you, you, you throw out the distances that people run, you run a hundred meter dash, you run a 3K, you run a, you know, they run the mile. Cross country, you can run two different distances. Sometimes you run the 5K is, is the typical distance for the women, but you do go up to the 6K when you get to the regional. And I think Eastern typically runs a meet at that distance during the year. What is that like to add after you run this 5K and you exert so much energy on a normal meet to know that, hey, I've got to have a little bit extra in the in the tank for these bigger meets? It is, it's different. Coach Aaron did a really good job of when we train, we would train thousands, like our workouts were thousands. And so I think that really helped a lot um, knowing like we would do thousand repeats and then our splits for it. And then in the middle of the race, it was, um, she would always get the thousand splits. And so I think she did a really good job of, um, just training us for just to keep getting faster and to keep progressing through the race. And I do remember she would always have the last K who could run the fast, the last is fast, the fastest last K. And so I think that was a really good way of trying to keep us engaged in a 6K. Um, and so I think she did a really good job of, of trying to make that transition easy. Now, also a multi-sport athlete. I know you said you in high school, you, you played a couple different sports. In college, multi-sport means for you, you ran cross country and, and ran track. Even though you ran distance in both, they, they are definitely different sports. How would you to the to the lay person that doesn't understand, maybe 
as easily as you can describe the difference between cross country and track for a distance runner? Um, cross country, let's see. So cross country is more um, threshold type stuff. We would, I mean, our workouts, I would say it's mentally you had to be very prepared for cross country. It, it was six mile tempos every other Friday um, on the rail trail, which is kind of a straight out, turn around and straight back. And so you have to be just very mentally tough and engaged in that. Whereas track, um, I feel like it's a little bit more fun almost, whereas you get to try different events and do different events. Um, and you get to focus on when it was steeple, focusing on the technique and the form and um, ending practice with that. And the workouts switched up a little bit more, whereas cross country, it is a lot of repeats, a lot of thousands, a lot of tempos. Um, it's just working on getting that um, physical, not only being physically prepared, but just mentally being prepared for um, this race. Um, so I don't know, it's different where cross country is more um, training the mental aspect of everything, whereas track, it's more remembering the details and the technique. And um, I, it was always so much fun when the sprinters come in and the jumpers come in and all of a sudden you have this whole new dynamic of a team um, and working together, I think it's emotionally easier in track because you have all that support of every different event um, and you see everybody working, whereas cross country, it's the one event group. So the numbers are less. Um, and I would say that is the, um, the way that you prepare for each season is a little bit different. And then for you, an outdoor track, indoor track, of course, you ran distances. You ran, I think, the, the 3K and the 5K and had success in those. But outdoor, moved to the steeplechase. As you became a, a college athlete, the steeplechase kind of became a, a women's outdoor event at the time. Previous to that, the, the 3K was there, and they didn't add the, the steeple element to it. What, I guess, got you excited about running the steeple, or did you kind of get pushed into it and kind of go kicking and screaming? Um, I, the, the opportunity came up my freshman year. Um, actually, I, I'm sorry, it was not my freshman year. It was my sophomore year because I did not do it at Miami um, just because of the ankle injury. But um, when he brought it up, I, it was exciting to me. I remember at Miami watching the two girls that were in my, usually my workout groups do it and they were phenomenal at it and just watching um, how much detail went into it. Um, it. It kind of, I don't know, made it a little bit more exciting. Um, not only having the, so for that event, it's not just being prepared physically, it's making sure that you can um, hurdle, get over the steeples um, in correct form, form that is not wasting energy or wasting time. And so that kind of made it fun for me. It kind of brought back, um, I don't know, days in basketball where basketball, you have to just pay attention to details and that and uh, so I was excited. I was excited about it. Um, when it came to jumping over the steeple with the water jump, uh, <laughs> that for me was every, like just doing it the first time every season, like coach Aaron, was probably really scared when she coached me for the first time in track, because it was our first time doing steeple. And I did steeple last year. Um, I had a couple of good races with it, um, for the, the first time doing it. And so she kind of knew that this is one of my steeplers. And we were practicing the steeple with the water jump for the first time. And I just, I would run up to it. I run up to it probably seven times. I'd run up to it and just stop. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just feel like 
my ankle or my knee is going to break when I land. That's so much pressure on my, and so then coach Akers had to come over and give me a physics lesson as to how my leg is not going to break. Like, it'll be fine. You'll make it. And so it was always just the first one. And then if I, once I get over it once, it's like, oh, never mind. I know how to do this. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, and it was super exciting. I did not kick and scream doing it, but that first jump getting over it was always a little bit rough the first time every season. <laughs> now, as somebody that's never ran it, but I, I watch it and it, it's anybody that's been to the IHSA state track meet, they do this thing on Friday night and the, seems to be the most popular event we do. I think a, I think it's a 1K steeple and it, it's really people just want to jump into the water pit. We've almost had to make it. If you don't do it safe, we, we shut it down. How difficult, I, I would think that the, the event itself is very taxing. The jumping over the water is taxing, but I would think the thing that would be most uncomfortable to me is you're running in dry shoes and then you, then all of a sudden you're running in wet shoes. Yeah, there is um, certain steeple spikes that make that a little bit easier that um, let the water leave. But ideally, if you do it well, you're, you, I mean, your foot shouldn't get that wet. Um, <laughs> I've had many times where my foot is soaked. But <laughs> um, yeah, ideally, it's you're in and out so quick. I, racing, you don't, you, just because it's not a tennis shoe. If, I mean, you were in a tennis shoe, you would feel that that shoe is heavy and it is wet. But with a spike, it's not too bad. It's um, some days when it was 90 degrees at one of our conference meet, it was a little bit refreshing, but, um, no, it was, you, it's something that you don't really notice during the race. Yeah. Now for you, uh, your, your selection for, to help you to be induct you into the hall of fame is coach Aaron Howarth. You, you talked a, bit, a little bit about her. What made you select the coach Howarth as your presenter? I, I'm, I've known Erin for a number of years now, and I know a lot of the athletes have, have great relationships with her, but what kind of, when you got the call and you needed to pick a, a person to induct you, what made her come to the, to the top of mind? I think when I met coach Erin, I feel like I was probably in one of my, um, I think in running you have highs and lows. And I feel like I was probably in my low of why am I doing this? Why do I keep doing this? Um, I know at Miami, my, the year that I, I ran track and I think every time I got up to the line, I was just scared. I didn't want to do it. Um, my confidence was at a, a low cause I'd never been in coming back from an injury before. And so, um, kind of building back from that injury. Um, and then I went to Eastern and, um, I was coached by MassNet for a season and then he left in December and then, um, Brad Butler, Brad Butler stepped up and he was a coach. And I just feel like I didn't have um, I didn't really have the, like I say, when I, in high school and middle school, and um, I had coaches that I could constantly talk to and I could constantly um, just form a relationship with. And I didn't really have that for, it had been about almost two years where I really didn't have that. I didn't feel like I was, I wasn't really running with a purpose. And I, when I'm doing something, if I don't have a purpose for why I'm doing it, it makes it hard to be all in and um, something running was something that was super passionate for me. And I don't know, I just in my life, I was kind of at a low. So when coach Aaron came, um, it kind of brought back and it did not take long. It was probably by the middle of cross country season. Um, it finally brought back the reason as to why I'm doing this. And it brought back the love for the sport, because if you honestly can't say the thing that you're working so hard at, you don't love it and you're not passionate about it, you're not going to get your full potential out of it. And so, um, 
she really brought that back for me. And um, I many times before practice, if I don't have didn't have a class at two o'clock and we had three o'clock practice, I'd be in her office just talking about um, the day, different things that were happening in life, practice last week, maybe, um, maybe the upcoming meet, um, asking about how Ryan was doing or how Claire was doing. Um, I don't know, I finally got that relationship back that I needed in my life. Um, and I don't know, I feel like that kind of helped me get to where I am today. So she was a big part of that. Okay, and we're gonna get close to wrapping up here, but one of the things I, I kind of ask you here is we're getting ready to, Halloween is just around the corner. Are you a big, is Halloween a big season for you? And, and having a little one is one of the fun things. I've mine, it's been a while since mine was, was a little one and my wife used to love that go pick out the costumes. I guess what if, have you guys already done that? What if, what do you, what have you got in in store here for for the costume for Halloween for your for your little boy? Yes, Graham and I are big um, Halloween people. I don't know. We we always like doing. We would go to Halloween um, contests or dress up parties or things like that, and we would always um, have some type of uh, costume that went together. And we kind of decided last year we're like, oh yeah, we'll be those parents that so we'll dress up with them. This year just got crazy. This year has been as busy as this year has ever been. So we are not doing a group costume, but yes, we do have Mason's um, costume. He is going to be the little boy from Up. We were gonna have him be the old man because he doesn't really walk very well yet. And so with a walker, that would be perfect. But then we decided that um, he was gonna be the wilderness explorer, Russell, because he is kind of a chunkier little boy and it just looks like Mason and he'll have a cute little hat and some balloons and He's going to be a wilderness explorer. Pretty okay. excited. Well, that'll be good. Well, on that note, we will end. That's a good story there, Olivia. Once again, I appreciate you guys taking taking the time this afternoon. Congratulations on your, your Hall of Fame induction. And sometime in, in the spring, we do plan on having an in-person ceremony to, to induct all five of you officially. And we'll be in contact about that. But I do appreciate you joining us on the EIU Panthers podcast today. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was an honor.